up, I spent a lot of time, a lot of time around my grandparents' kitchen table, the ones that lived near us, and that table still sits now in the same house where my parents live, and every time I walk by it, I'm reminded of what was for me throughout my entire childhood a focal point for our family, a social gathering place, a place of good conversation and great memories. A lot of good meals were had around that table. That's the table where I learned how to drink coffee and enjoy it without cream or sugar. It was a table where some of my best jokes came from, a table where some of my worst jokes came from. And as a table where I heard stories about my family, about our past, who we were, where we had come from. The older I got, as those childhood years went by, I remember hearing those stories and noticing, well, sometimes you hear the same story more than once. In fact, you hear it from different people, their different points of view, and you get a lot of reruns as the years go by, stories that were told time and time and time again. And while as I got older, I would occasionally get to catch once in a while a new story that I either hadn't heard or didn't remember or was too young to remember, it never really bothered me when I would hear those old stories again and again. I liked some of those stories that grandma or grandpa or one of the cousins or uncles or aunts told because they had a funny high point to the story. I knew it so well and I knew where it was going and I always enjoyed getting to that point. I especially enjoyed it if there was somebody who was sitting there who I knew had not heard the story. So you're doing that thing where you're watching them to see how they react. One of the stories that came to mind preparing for this evening was the story Grandpa told about when he told my great-grandpa about my grandmother or the lady who would become my grandmother when great-grandpa was visiting him at the U of I and they were on their way and grandpa told him about this uh, Swedish girlfriend, Swedish-American girlfriend that he had and great-grandpa's response was, well, I suppose she's a Lutheran then, isn't she? They weren't Lutherans and that was not a good thing for them. (laughs) Other stories I appreciated hearing around that table were the ones that were interesting stories that It kind of had a little bit of suspense built into it, like the time that the tornado went through my grandpa's hometown on Route 54 of Cornland in 1927, damaging their house and destroying a lot of buildings in the town. Other stories I liked hearing, though, because those stories from Grandma and Grandpa or the others were about important, pivotal moments in their lives or the lives of my ancestors, stories that have been passed down to them. One of my favorites was hearing a story about when Grandma and Grandpa first met at the U of I after the war. Stories have meaning for us. They have power for the people who they belong to and who hear them. And they have a special meaning and power when they tell of something that's monumental for us, that has a monumental impact on our lives. And tonight, Christians, I want to tell you that the story of Jesus' birth, his nativity, is one such story. The Christmas story that we heard tonight in its Old Testament prophecies and New Testament fulfillment is a story we all here know well. We have it repeated each year, not just at the Christmas services, but in the children's program. And it's ingrained in our memory for that reason. Personally, apart from being a pastor, I love the Christmas story. I think it's a great story, and I certainly hope you love the story too. That scene that is painted for us by Luke the Evangelist is a serene and a glorious scene to think about. Nighttime in Bethlehem, 
stable there with the animals, the shepherds there coming to worship, the angel choirs in the sky and so forth. The scene that is painted in Luke's gospel by the words of that story, they're familiar to us. They're nostalgic for us to remember and to recall. We think when we hear those words in church, when we read them on our own, when we hear them on the Charlie Brown TV special, we think about our own personal Christmas past in which we were gathered with family and friends to celebrate Christmas. But I love this story, and I hope you do too, because of what this story means, signifies for this, our spiritual family, the church, the body of Jesus Christ, what it means in God's defeat of sin and his glorious victory over death on our behalf. Light triumphing over darkness. We know this part of the story well, the broader story than just Christmas, that left on our own humanity, people, human beings, no hope, no help. But God promised very early on not to give us our ancestors and our descendants and us here, not to give us our just deserts for our sin and rebellion. Our sin and its effects, though they were great and wide-reaching, that was not enough to keep God from saying, I'm going to come and I'm going to fix the whole mess that you made. And he made sure to tell us along the way, as that day drew near and near, that yes, he was still going to do it. From Eden onward, he kept telling us, his people, about a Savior who was going to come into the world. He told us where that Savior would come, Bethlehem. He told us who that Savior would be, a descendant of royal King David. He told us what that Savior would be, Emmanuel, God with us. He told us how that Savior would be our Savior, a suffering servant, despised by men. And on Christmas night, that first actual Christmas night, the promises of God turned into a historical, actual story that we celebrate tonight as a true event. Our Lord has been born into the world, our King, and our God has come to save us. And though it's familiar to us, and in some ways, maybe even a little bit old hat, it's still a great story. It's a great story because of what it means for us. We haven't been left to our own devices to sin in death's darkness, but have been rescued by the marvelous light of our Lord Jesus Christ. I ask you, what story in your own life, a story you have yourself, you tell yourself, a story that your parent, parents or grandparents have told you, has greater significance for this story, which is more than a story, but reality itself. Save only Good Friday and Easter itself. What story is better than that which Scripture tells us of the Son of God coming into this world to save us? I'll answer that question for you. None of your stories, none of mine, come even close. The birth of Jesus Christ at Christmas is a blessed account of the beginning of our redemption. Whether it's felt or not, whether it's realized or not, the Christmas story is deeply meaning and personal for you because it tells of when your own God, your God, took on flesh to conquer your enemies, when your God gave you his glorious victory, and when your God said, 
You will be with me forever. I love you. You are mine. Merry Christmas.